Hey there, sacred friend. You're listening to the Crystal Shaman Life Podcast, and I am your host, Lori A. Andress. This podcast is a place for you to press pause on the busyness of your day-to-day life and reconnect with your authentic self. It's a place to discover your voice of inner wisdom and to become the courageous creator of your adventurous, vibrant, and spirit-filled life. In each episode, we will get raw and real exploring how to bring crystal medicine, ancient spiritual practices, ceremony, ritual, and soulful travel into your everyday life. Grab a cup of tea, light a candle, get cozy, and let's dive in. Hello, sacred friends. I am Laurie Andrus, and welcome to this episode of the Crystal Shaman Life Podcast. This week, we are doing something a little different. We are stepping into conversation with my dear friend and colleague, Vanessa Sage. We're going to talk about priestessing. We're going to talk about stepping into divine feminine leadership and really embodying the wisdom of the priestess and allowing that to be a guide and a pathway for for what's unfolding in our personal lives, our own journeys, stepping into aspects of leadership with that and how we can really, um, and why it's really important in the world right now. I'm really excited about this conversation. I'm really excited to just sink in heart to heart. Um, A lot of you know that Vanessa and I have chatted before on this podcast, and I know it's been a while since I've had any interviews here. So I'm excited to reopen this doorway with um, one of my favorite people. So before we dive in, I'm just going to share a little bit about Vanessa, just give you a brief little touch on her bio here. So Dr. Vanessa Sage is a priestess, a cultural anthropologist, and a poet. Her work focuses on self-compassion, inner bravery, and the discovery of the mystery in our everyday lives. She follows an earth path and she honors ancient priestess lineages while moving all of the practices forward to support vital leadership, reclaim the sacred in all forms, and bring us back to a soul-centered, animate world of wonder worth living in. Mm, Yes. So welcome, 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 Vanessa. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be back. And it just, it's always such a pleasure to be with you and talk with you and be in conversation with you. Mm, Feeling is mutual. Thank you. Uh, So as we sink in, um, or as we just kind of kick this off, I'd love for you to share with us, um, maybe just open up the conversation with with what is a priestess and how how did that path like open up for you? <laughs> That's kind of a broad question, but. <laughs> well, I will begin with how the path opened up. Um, when, when I was a little girl, I was raised an atheist and um, I'm actually third generation, which is really unheard of in uh for someone my age and i had this yearning for spirit and i didn't even know that there was a goddess or that there was another way or that there was like alternative paths until i was in my first year of university 
And, you know, this, you know, I, I'm in my mid forties, I'm at the age where I remember clicking on a mouse for the first time, right? Like going on the internet for the first time, writing my first email as an adult, um, getting my phone, the phone as an adult, you know, um, and not really knowing even how to write an email. Um, <laughs> it felt so awkward. It's so, so weird. Um, and so what is available to people now was absolutely not available to me. And I was fortunate enough to take a women's studies class with a professor who followed this path, who was a witch, who used tarot cards, who talked about the goddess. And she gave us this beautiful lecture on women's spirituality and my whole life changed. I remember that day so profoundly and it was at 8.30 in the morning, which was a time I did not want to get up as a young <laughs> person going, you know, uh, <laughs> maybe even have been on a Friday, you know, like it was <laughs> not a convenient time. And I remember leaving that classroom and my entire life was different. And I knew it was different and I didn't know what to do with it. And so I searched and I studied and I, I had to confront the fear of stepping on this path, because even though I was raised atheist, I still grew up in a Christian culture and I still had a deep seated belief that what I was doing was wrong and evil and that I was going to go to hell, even though I didn't believe in hell. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so a lot of it for me was this was being brave enough to follow a path at that point on my own. I didn't have, and there's nobody. There was no, like, this wasn't, this was not what the world is not, was not what it was. And um, I, I, so I, I discovered Starhawk, and I, I, there was an incredible NF um, National Film Board of Canada series done on women's spirituality, on the burning times, and on you know why why this this is important in terms of our ecological and our social crises, and it was like it's this ache of a longing inside that I have had since, since, you know, it spoke to that part of me that I had had since I was a very, very young girl. Um, I went to Catholic church with my friends and I, I, you know, there must've been something with Mary for me, even at that age. Um, but it was, it was just this complete opening to a whole other world and a whole other way of seeing seeing time of seeing my body as sacred because at that point in this movement my body my large body was looked at as sacred mm. things have changed a little bit since then but um you know we can have another conversation about that <laughs> <laughs> you know at that point in the early 90s uh because that's where i entered the mm. conversation the Venus of Willendorf was viewed that that body, I could see myself for the very first time in my life as sacred, mm. as a reflection of the divine, mm. 
and not some God above who I didn't know how to talk to, who I was afraid of, who was going to punish me if, if I did the wrong thing. Um, and it, it, it connected me to myself, it connected me to my body, it connected me to the land. And, you know, I honestly just don't want to do anything else. So when I, I get asked what a priestess is all the time, and my, my hope is that when I'm working with people as a priestess, first of all, I'm doing that out of deep service. I'm, I am devoted to a goddess path, and I do that in devotion to the goddess as well. Um, and I'm holding space for people to fully sink into their own transformational experiences. Uh, what I do is not therapy at all, but it is, I am told, it is very therapeutic. Um, and so really I am witnessing the divine within each person that I see. Um, I'm also a Buddhist, and so out of the way that I look at things is from this lens of compassion and also from looking at the inner Buddha in someone, right? So um, that's how I hold space and that's how I work. And priestesses have been in service since ancient, ancient times. And we are learning how to inherit a lineage that was taken from us from thousands of years of suppression and relearning and reimagining and remembering and reclaiming all that once was in the now. Mm -hmm. Because we're not then, we're now. And, you know, we don't even really know what was then, uh, but we can, we can build a new world. We really can. And we can do that in love we can do that in compassion and we can do that in service to something beyond ourselves beautiful beautiful my whole body had chills as you spoke about that class in university and how that opened up the the pathway for you it opened up the sense of connection and awareness like it feels like that in itself, and I'm, I'm getting an incredible chill right now just even thinking about it, um, was, was an activation for you. It was the, the piece that just like really called you, called you forward. And I think it's, I'm, I find it really powerful that you are able to recognize and you have the awareness of how your childhood was actually really opening the space for you. It was like there was already a desire for this form of connection. It's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I will also say that as when I even growing up the, the way that I did, I want to express deep gratitude for that because I was given a critical, I was given critical thinking around spirituality and religion at a very young age. And my my mother and my grandmother had great, um, they had a, a very grounded sense of awe and wonder that they gave to me. Mm. So, you know, my mother in her garden, right? I, I grew, when I described paganism to my mother, yeah. um, my mother's, oh, that's what I do. 
and it is right and that's <laughs> the thing i don't just because i have uh, certain kinds of ways of um, orienting myself within different spiritual traditions doesn't mean that that's the only way that i see things and so i have this openness to all of spiritual expression it is it is beautiful to me the ways in which people find meaning in the world and so i really hold space for the whole spectrum of belief whether it's like i don't know what this priestess thing is but i do know that there's something inside me that wants to do something <laughs> and wants to be somehow expressed to you know i work with um i work with people of all faiths so anyway, I just want to yeah. very grateful for the way I grew up. I'm, I'm glad you wove that in because I think very often there can like when we when we kind of claim a particular path, there can be a misunderstanding around what that means that it's like, you know, one solo path. And and I think this is one of the place, places where you and I really really connect is that capacity to really have value for and love and honor and reverence for all all different like the vastness of ideology and belief and practice and and way of um integrating that in our lives and so i i'm really glad you brought that in thank you yeah mm -hmm. so i'm curious how this has uh Oh goodness, how has this shifted your your life or like the way you yeah, like tell me about like how it plays out. How does priestessing play out in your life? How do you experience it? <laughs> I mean, it's my whole life. It really yeah. is my whole life at this point. Um it's gone from being a very private secret and longing and um, you know, uh, something that I feel like I need to come out of the closet about all the time to, it just is, it just is. Um, and when I was, you know, like when I was in graduate school, so I have a PhD in cultural anthropology, I did research. I went to Glastonbury. I did research on goddess pilgrimage there. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I, going to speak for all the anthropologists but i think we we do these things because we really are like we really want to be part of them right we want to yeah. like there's something like that's just calling to us um but i was very is uh, in cultural anthropology the method is uh, participant observation and so you participate and you also have this um kind of you can see larger questions, you ask larger questions, you can see larger point of views. So that's the kind of the observer kind mm -hmm. of point. Um, and you talk to people and you listen to people and you interview people. And um, I mean, that when I look back on that, I actually think that's priestessing. I mean, I've never listened to someone so carefully as when I'm transcribing an interview, for example, like you hear things in a way that you, you just don't, it's this in depth kind of, experience um but i was very much still on the outside because academically that was required of me yeah. and i knew um that and i you know i studied pilgrimage and i and i eventually did my dissertation on an art scene 
um, looking at hope and you know it doesn't uh, everyday materiality and things like that. Um, but I knew having had done my work in anthropology of religion, what those questions were, the ways in which you were supposed to and required to ask very, very uh, specific critical questions. Um, and I was disillusioned by the um, lack of honoring of people's paths as they walk them. Mm. Because there was always this outside critical point of view. And the few people, the few academics that I was able to read, and I, and I also want to just say this isn't true of all academia, um, but it also kind of is. Um, <laughs> there, there are some exceptions, right? It's like, um, but the few people who were able to ask experiential questions about what it was to be alive, what it was to find meaning, what it was to pray, what it was to experience God, um, were tenured professors, people who didn't have any, you know, they'd already made their careers, they could take bigger risks. And so I always felt this tension between my mind and my heart and how to, how to truly deeply, deeply, deeply honor the experience of someone's relationship to the divine. And when I left academia, a huge part of that was so that I could more fully embrace my heart. I could, I could live my soul without the requirement uh, to, I, to step outside of it in a way that diminished it. Mm. Mm -hmm. uh, and so now what I have, I have, ex I have, ex I have found about myself is that it is in the integration of my mind and my heart. That is where I live. So, and that is now where my work is. Mm -hmm. It's, it's in, you know, anyone who's, who's been in my programs, I now give lectures, I now give context, I ask critical questions, I give them uh, larger perspectives and different ways to think about things. And then we experience it. Mm -hmm. And then we dive in, and then we do ritual, and then we do ceremony, and then we share. And so I'm finding this really beautiful way, and I think it will continue for the rest of my life of having the mind meet the heart. Yeah. I just really feel that as you said it, it felt like it landed, like it creates um, a powerful foundation for how, um, how one expresses and experiences spirituality and the relationship with divine. Wow. Um, when you mentioned uh, the piece initially about um, the, the way that uh, the experience with divine was regarded in academia, my, I, I felt it in my heart. I felt the, the piece of sadness of like the, being the observer, being, being critical of it, being in that, that different place. And um 
It's interesting how it's, it created space for you to like really open up and discover what does it fully mean to actually be in that place of experience and honor others' experiences. It's beautiful. It kind of broke my heart. And I think when we have our hearts broken, it actually opens a doorway to another way. Um, and there's within mystic within mysticism and Gnosticism, there's this idea of to know, to, you know, the mystic. So I, I'm a, basically I'm an animist mystic priestess. <laughs> <laughs> but the mystic allows themselves to experience the divine directly mm. has that space open in themselves where they they do experience the divine directly and it is to know you know the oracle of delphi to know thyself you know this is one of the things that um, gets talked about a lot in within the priestessing world. But let's talk about what that really means. Because when we're talking about what it is to know oneself, we're also talking about what knowledge is, what is included in knowledge. Yeah. Right. And so in in my first career, <laughs> there was there was a set idea about what knowledge was. Mm -hmm. And experiential knowledge was included to a certain extent but there's this whole other realm of knowing mm -hmm. that we don't actually get to value that's not valued it's right. just truly not valued in our world mm -hmm. and it was once valued and it's not now and so that's also part of why this is important so when we're when women are talking about reclaiming their intuitive gifts that's why this is important. It's because <laughs> the world supports, promotes, rewards certain kinds of ways of knowing. And my work and the work of many other women, we are trying to encourage other women and other human beings to find value in knowing a different way and knowing themselves in a different way. Yeah. I just feel like one big, massive, wholehearted. Yes, 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 yes. I think, you know, and, and I, I really would be curious what your thoughts and feelings are, but I, um, around this as well, but I, I feel like, you know, we, you and I, we met college and university probably around the same times. And, um, we also met in, um, in this, in this online world, um, <laughs> at a time when we were both working, um, I like with developing online programs and, you know, like really sharing and coming out with our own spirituality. And, um, I feel like since like through that evolution, we're really in a time where that, that piece of knowing that you're talking about is, um, is developing a value that we didn't get to see when we, when we silently, quietly, you know, opened up our path because it just wasn't there, but I feel like it's, it's growing and growing it like, and I, I feel like this last year has really just opened it up even more. And so I'm really curious how your 
noticing that for yourself and within, you know, like within, even within your programs and um, in your own personal, you know, personal life and stuff like that. I think when I, when I started, I was still very much invested um, in being safe. Um, and I hold safe space. This isn't just, it's not about not holding safe space, but um, I was in, I was invested in, in making the path safe. I was invested in kind of um, almost like secular priestessing, mm. um, which I, I, I still value. I really do still value bringing the skills that um, people learn in priestessing into the world where you're not calling yourself a priestess it's not the point right. um and like all of a sudden you're holding space for someone or you're 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 doing a circle in your corporate environment and people are just like wow like she's like amazing like what a leader you know and all you're doing really is like is is holding yourself and holding the center in a way that you've never have before and that is not it's not normal right um but it's craved people want um but now i think especially over the last few years um you know the online world has changed quite a bit um the political landscape has changed quite a bit uh the world has um in many ways become more divided and um more aggressive uh more confrontational and it's in those moments when you need to learn how to stand in your center. And that's what I've had to do. You either get buried by it or you get knocked around in the <laughs> knocked around on the waters by other people's agendas and other people's ways of wanting to create division and um, other people's ideas I and mean, we're exposed to other people's ideas at a level we have never been exposed before and when we have things like the global pandemic more conspiracy theories come to the surface and this is actually studied in social science as a actual normal phenomenon that happens um because this is what humans do in a response to stress and fear yeah right? So yeah. when people are extremely stressed, when they're feared, when they're going through collective trauma, there's it, it is a very normal and natural response to um, seek uh, other answers and fight with each other, right? This, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, we don't need we don't need collective trauma to fight with each other. We're really good at that. Um, <laughs> but this but escalates it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I look at my priestessing in, in this in this landscape, which was br brewing, was mm -hmm. brewing, mm -hmm. um, but is full blown now, um, <laughs> I have had to learn how to know myself, truly, truly know myself, to stand in my own center, to stay calm in the storm, mm -hmm. and have everything I do be a way of priestessing everything i do is now i there is no separation in my life yeah uh maybe when i'm watching escape to the country i'm not priestessing <laughs> um A little bit of a checkout time. It's okay. Actually, that is a little bit of a pre-stancing thing. You need to you need to have a checkout time. 
<laughs> I just can't get enough. Um, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but it's like, you know, when I'm on social media, when I'm talking to my family, when I'm like right. the whole nine yards, it's, yeah. you know, priestessing is everything and learning how to be like to lead within your own self right yeah that is that's i sometimes think about gandalf you shall not pass it's that kind of strength Mm -hmm. that's required right now yes and it's spiritual strength and it's strength that comes from a deep 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 understanding yes of why you're here what you're here for and letting that lead the way yeah 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 i'm just um like that you you know you you have the the gandalf i'm like i'm picturing it and i'm just seeing you stand just stand in the clarity the truth the knowing you know like all of it just all it's beautiful yeah and i think the first time we spoke i didn't have that that was not where i i i was um because we spoke the first time we did the podcast, I think it was 2017. Wow. Yeah. Like in the spring, okay. somewhere around there. And a lot's happened in our world since then. Yeah. And I think there was, I hadn't been challenged. You know, I was, I was, I had been in leadership in different ways. Um, but I was really, you know, I've been, I've been running the program. I've been, so I run a year long priestess program and I've been doing that in different cycles since 2014. Um, but it's, there was, there were some, there were moments for me when I had to know who I was. I I was, and I had to pick up that staff and I had to understand what, what true power and sovereignty looks like for me. Yeah. and how to hold my um, compassion and love mm-hmm. even amidst what felt like chaos. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think one of the, the greatest myths that and illusions that um, was real seductive for me when I stepped on the spiritual path was this idea of getting to a point where we aren't confronted with some of those big challenges. <laughs> And, and I think, um, you know, around 2017, like that was a time that for myself, even, I don't feel like I hit even close to some of the challenges that have confronted me in the last, you know, two to three to five years and, uh, two to three, well, four years, I guess that is. And I think, I think you're, you're really like spot on. I think, um, anyone who has been in spiritual on a spiritual path has really had the opportunity. And I think it's in those opportunities of like the deep, the deep, deep, deep challenges, the places where we really truly have to question ourselves and, and not look at the outside answer, not look for the outside answer or what is the popular answer or what is everyone saying is okay or um, presenting as the, the way to engage and yes. really get true. What is, what's right for me? What is my right? And I think this is something I've so enjoyed watching and witnessing and um, um, being kind of just like being in, <laughs> in space with you around. <laughs> I'm not sure what the right phrase is, but, but um, you have really done this in, in an incredible way. Um, like really 
bringing voice to things on social media, bringing voice to uh, ideas around things like cancel culture and um, some of the the ways that people talk terribly and not unkindly to other people and um, the ways that you see priestessine and and from a big picture and it's just it's been really beautiful to watch because it takes a lot of courage and a lot of a lot of bravery as you say to really bring that forward so i'm curious if you if there's something around that that feels like it wants to be brought voice to in this conversation there are a couple of things um I think the first thing is one of my my deepest held values is is freedom freedom and liberation and so really at the core that's what it's that's that's a lot about what i do um and so and we we can we can find ways to create prisons for ourselves and each other's in lots and lots and lots of ways whether that is holding on to a tradition so tight that you can't move your altar in a certain different way i mean like or whether that's like um you know what you can say what you can't say or you know like what you like all of this like i'm really a rebel um and at heart i really it's so in, in, in but my my rebellion is this kind of it's it's like why can't we all why can't and, and maybe it's naive but why can't we <laughs> i i hold strong to okay this is this is who i am and i and i recognize and and see your sovereignty too mm -hmm. right yeah. and really that's empowerment Right. What we really <laughs> isn't yes. that the point. That's right? the whole the point. point. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, so that's like that's the one kind of one thing. But I think the other kind of under piece to that is I'm really grateful that the world has been the way it has in some ways. Not um and the 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 way not not that the way the world is, but the way that I've been challenged by it. Mm -hmm. um because it wasn't with it was i needed that in order to find my voice i needed the challenge in order to actually know what it is yeah to to see what it is that i have to say yeah and part of that was breaking down mm -hmm. part of that was and i had a few i did i had a few breakdowns where i didn't know if i could go on like if if this is what is required and this is this is this is growing into leadership right if this is what's required of me do i want to do it yeah do i even want to be in the world anymore i'm so a hermit you know <laughs> I just like is that really and it's like but there was a part of me that's like yes and i remember i i was i went on pilgrimage twice um first to greece and then to uh, with my partner Stacy, and then uh, we went. I went to Crete for six weeks on my own, and then um, Rome, Malta, Glastonbury. This is three month pilgrimage. Um, but on that first one, the first one, I remember um, there was, you know, 
the usual someone some big name got called out and it was um and i and i i remember going into the church because i had made a devotion to go in and, and basically pray with mary every day while i was when i while i was in crete so funny i went to crete and i found mary <laughs> and i re- i found my faith and, and and i i remember just crying i was just in tears and i i just asked what do you want me to do what how how can i show up what am i supposed to do and i remember just being filled with this sense that i needed to keep going and i needed to to not, to not know and i remember you know cuz you know I, I tend to i'll write on i'll write a social media post or something like that and i remember shortly after that i said you know i'm i don't know what to say you know <laughs> But this is what I have really wished for the world. Um, and then, you know, because these things go on and healing is kind of, it, you know, it deepens and deepens and you do your shadow work and all of that. Mm-hmm. I had another breaking a break, a breaking point moment. Um, and that was when I went on the three month pilgrimage. And on that pilgrimage, and this is what I need to write my book about, <laughs> But on that pilgrimage, I had had a dark night of the soul and I went to heal and I was actually ready to let it all go. I was willing at that moment. It was more important to me to to actually have the courage and strength to use my voice because I felt like I had a rope, I had a noose on my neck yeah and it was more important to me to be myself in the world than what anyone else thought and so i made a vow to myself that i would speak and i went on stories every day and i said something that i hadn't said before and i said it all I said everything I'd ever wanted to say. And I just went and I did it every day. I went on, share. And then I let the landscape heal me. Mm. I let the pilgrimage heal me. And that was my work for three months. And I didn't know what I was coming back to. Right? (laughs) Have I alienated everyone? What's happening? Um, But one of the things that my healer said, because I um, have a healer in Glastonbury, and it was that I met her at the very end of the pilgrimage, and she looked at me and she says, the last time I saw you, you were a girl, and today you are a woman. And you have, you went through this so that other people would not have to go through it alone. You will never have an experience this difficult, not that you won't have difficult experiences, but this was your initiation. Mm. 
and this is now what you are meant this was two years ago this is now what you're meant to do and so my leadership now is about i'm not trying to tell everybody that the world is safe it's not right but what we can do as leaders as human beings is stand in our own truth Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and know we're not alone and so that's what I'm here for now. And I did that with the help of the goddess and with Mary and in developing my own faith and the bravery. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's beautiful, Vanessa. Thank you. Thank you. The world we live in is not easy, no. right? So it's like, how do we navigate it? Yeah, yeah. And it's it's finding finding the courage, finding the bravery to go in into that place of the dark night of the soul, which is why, um, you know, like I, I, they, I was listening to Carolyn Mace recently, and she was talking about that idea of the dark night of the soul, and um, you know, like the the energy that that. it's almost as though we're in a collective one or we've been in that collective experience of a dark night of the soul. And um, I think, you know, part of one of the things that I've seen with you over the last year is just how solidly you are showing up and um, how present you are and the space you're holding and um, and I, it, I, I think that phrase of that was your initiation feels just so solid. Like, yes, yes, it's, um, you've seen, you've seen that you've been there. Yeah. 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 And now I can, I'm, I learned so much from my community. Yeah. Cause I, the, the way that I work is very I mean, it's group intimacy, which I mean, a lot of people don't realize that that's what that's going to happen. Yeah. Right? yeah. Um, and but and and I work with introverts, so it's. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I learn, I, but I learn a lot from them, and I'm really, I'm so grateful for this because. Um, it's always been important to me that there's um, a group dynamic where I, I can hear them and they have voice and we, you know, it's not just a person, um, like, I don't like this pedestal thing, right? You know, that's one of the reasons I left academia. Do I think we need guides and, you know, leaders? And yes, I do. Um, but we can change the way leadership looks. But now, having been through what I've been through and seeing their struggles and their fears, mm-hmm. because I hear them, they tell me, I'm afraid to be seen. Yeah. I'm afraid to be judged. I'm afraid to be rejected. I'm, I'm, af- I'm afraid to even say to my family what I believe, mm-hmm. right? Um, let alone stepping into the bigger arena of... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's little layers, right? So, like, family is one layer, your friends is another, and then comes 
oh, let's announce this on social media. Oh, and then there's, now I'm really going to stand in this on social media. And I'm going to stand in this with other people. It's like, there's so many layers and each one of them holds its own, you know, rite of passage, so to speak. Um, it does. It really does. And yeah. it's never ending. No. You know, talking with you before we hit record about the own, my own growth moments at this, at this moment. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I think because of, of my, my experience and what I've, what I've been through and the way that I worked through it and have sought support and healing and all of that kind of thing, I'm able to be there for them in a way that I was not able to be there for them in 2014 when I started professionally doing this full time. Yeah. Um, and it is the most important thing to me that I am the best possible vessel I can be mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, to support them. I don't, I didn't understand service when I began. I didn't understand what that meant. Well, how do you interpret it now? How do you hold that for yourself? For- I think when I started, and I'm talking like when I started doing this full time as a professional, um, I, like I'm an artist. I really just, just want to express, you know? I think that's really what I wanted was just, um, when I look back, it's like I just really wanted to be myself in the world and express myself. And, and that was very exciting to me and felt like a freedom, right? Um, and there's absolute value in that. Yep. And I actually didn't like the word service very much. Mm-hmm. Heavy. Yeah. And gosh, I'm having a hard enough time getting through my own day. I gotta be a service. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> but when you start working with people, um, you just and 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 you open your heart more and more you just naturally for me anyway i just naturally wanted to serve them better Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then when you see the pain of the world right i mean this is one of the things women's spirituality talks about love the world love the earth when you love you will take care yeah right that was easy for me Mm -hmm. the earth earth doesn't speak back right the earth is just (laughs) it does it does in its own way um but when you really start to open yourself to love even those you find difficult even those who you find challenging you realize it's the same you actually want to be of better service Mm-hmm. And I've deepened also in my faith, in, in, in my own devotion to the goddess in all forms, mm-hmm. and also discovering a love of the divine masculine that I never thought I would experience in my life, because mm-hmm. I had had that, I, I, you know, I'd had that, and I didn't, it, was, it wasn't that interesting to me. Um, <laughs> you know, um, but the faith as well, and the devotion as well. I mean, I've learned how to pray in a way that I never had before, especially growing up an atheist. Mm-hmm. But that was not part of my experiential vocabulary. And so it's like layers of this, 
where you see the pain of the world, you see the pain in your community, you see your own pain, you find your own way to like, okay, so how am I going to step up in the way I can? Right. And sometimes that's actually not saying anything and it's just holding your arms out, just mm. holding your arms out to the world when you, when all you want to do yeah. is run away. I feel like there's um, like that phrase, what you just shared was like a big transmission. And I almost want to like invite that like space of just having arms open into the world and just really let that that land and like I want to feel it within myself just like that yeah thank you mm -hmm. wow so I know that you have coming up a devotional um, that you are facilitating uh, and um, I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about that and what what people can expect from that because if they, I think, I think I, yeah, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> I'm like, I know it's going to be amazing. <laughs> so the devotional is called Sacred Ways and in pilgrimage, the sacred way is a pilgrimage. It's one of the ways you walk. Um, so it's the Sacred Ways Priestess Devotional. It is three days live um, and you will experience what it's like to be in circle. You will experience ceremony. If you're interested to learn more about the priestess path, um, I'll be sharing more in depth about where that comes from. We have three themes. So it's remembers. This is honoring those ancient lineages, um, returning and reclaiming, right? So where are we, where do we go now? How do we reclaim ourselves? And I, you know, I include teaching and ceremony and sharing and it's really just a wonderful way to experience being with other people on what on on the path whatever that path is right yeah, yeah. <laughs> on their paths that we <laughs> um and yeah it's just it's just going to be a really really beautiful time and it's uh, may 26th 27th and 28th yeah yeah. Mm, I love it. I love it. Okay. And so following that you have, you have the doors open for your next round of, um, of Sage Priestess. So would you talk a little bit about that? I do. This is the ninth spiral. And, uh, our theme this year is heaven to earth. Mm. So really bringing that light down into our world so that we can share with just complete joy and aliveness and it begins on june 23rd it i open registration once a year it is a beautiful experience it is it is life-changing it is transformational work and i i invite you i invite you to come on the path if it if it resonates to you and you can always reach out and ask any questions as well. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Mm. Awesome. So we will have links to all of that in the show notes. Thank you.
Vanessa. Is there anything I'm just wanting to just drop in? Is there anything else you want to leave us with today? Anything, any kind of final message or words or share? I just want to thank you so much for having me. It's wonderful to talk and our conversations are always so free flowing and I never quite know what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> and it's always just such a joy. So thank you. And thank you for the beautiful work that you do in the world. And you're joining as well. Yeah. In the program. Yeah. I, again. Yeah. Yes, this will be, is this the fifth year, fourth year, fifth year? It might be in that range. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Vanessa brings in um, a series of, you know, guest teachers and, and such. And this year, um, I, I think I'm hosting a, a ceremony or one of the ceremonies. Yeah. 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 I'm so excited about that. So in the past we've we've done um, we've done a variety of things. Yeah, this might be number four. I'm I'm trying to think. I think we did. Yeah, yeah. We've conversations about essentially about ceremony has kind of been the focus. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But you you cover so many facets, and I think that's one of the beautiful things about your program is the way you really explore different facets of um, of what it means to be on a spiritual path and to really step into leadership in ways that feel organic and natural and authentic and um, and holding space for the journey that is required to arrive in that in the process so it's really beautiful really beautiful mm -hmm. So for those of you listening who um, feel that within your heart who feel a sense of call who, um, have been tuning in and listening and going, wow, wow, yes, I need this. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> um, just take a take a leap, take head on over, join, join Vanessa for the devotional and and step in. It's gonna be amazing, amazing. So, and I'd love to see you for ceremony. <laughs> so uh, okay, Vanessa, thank you so much for joining us today on the Crystal Shaman Life Podcast. It is truly a treat and a gift to um, to be in conversation with you. Uh, conversations with you are always so rich and um, deeply nourishing and expansive. And I, I thank you, thank you, thank you for the beautiful ways you are showing up and lighting the world. And thank you for shining brightly, my beautiful friend. All right. So to everyone, I wish you lots of joy and uh, we'll see you again. Bye for now. Hey, sacred friend. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Crystal Shaman Life. If you like what you heard and you'd love to hear more, subscribe to our station through iTunes. And you can help others find our station by giving us a couple stars, a favorable review and sharing with your friends. I wish you a beautiful day. Shine brightly.